Good morning, friends. Welcome back to Seminary Chapel here on All Hallows' Eve. Um, a, a special welcome to those joining us um, uh, digitally, especially those from our preaching class. One of y'all, your own and our own will be preaching for us today. Um, anything else that folks need to share before we, we get started? Uh, let us prepare ourselves with a deep breath in together and a breath out. And let's join together in our call to worship. Give thanks to God who is good. God's love is everlasting. Then come, let us praise God joyfully. Let us come to God with thanksgiving for the church universal and for this gathering of your children. Thank you, God, for this place in which we gather, for the seminary that forms us, and for all who have supported and enabled its work. Thank you, God, for disciples young and old who have been nurtured here in faith, and for all whom their love, lives, and ministries have touched. Thank you, God, for the faithful who have led us and loved us, and by offering their gifts equipped us for the work of ministry. Thank you, God, for the saints who have stood among us and who now stand in your presence, whose memory still enlivens our faith and emboldens our witness. Thank you, God. Receive our gratitude, most holy and blessed Trinity, for the years through which you have led us, for the shoulders we stand upon, and for the footsteps in which we walk. We give thanks to God who is good. God's love is everlasting. Our first our, our gathering hymn can be found either on page 204 in your voices together or on the walls around you. I invite you to uh, stand in body or spirit, however you feel most comfortable. And let's say
you can have a seat. Our first scripture reading will be Psalm 34. Uh, we are going to read this responsively with a, uh, um, a sung response. And so how this is going to work, Laura's going to play the response through for us once. We'll sing it together. Um, I'll lead the plain print. Um, we'll read the bold print together. And then um, every couple of verses, we'll return back to the, the sung response, but it will also reappear on the screens. shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt God's name together. I sought the Lord who answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to God and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. The poor cried out, and the Lord heard, and saved them out of all their troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God, and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in God. Fear the Lord, you, holy one, you his holy ones, for those who fear God have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The ears of the Lord hear their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them. The Lord keeps all their bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. 
none who take refuge in God will be condemned. Our second scripture reading will be read by our preacher, um, Dave Mansfield. As I shared before, he is one of the students in our preaching class this semester. He is a a Mennonite pastor in southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, Before that, he spent 20 years uh, working in international missions. Uh, He has a wife, Stacy, two twin boys, and uh, uh, both him and his wife in their spare time are on the audio team for the band where the the, the boys play in the brass section. Um, and so uh, I'll turn it over to Dave now. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you this morning, although I would much rather be there in person. That's not possible this week. So thank you for having me, uh, and thank you for this opportunity to share. Uh, to be honest, this passage in, in Hebrews, which we'll look at in a moment, uh, used to terrify me as a young person. When we talk about the cloud of witnesses surrounding us, that was a bit unnerving and discomforting. It's a very uh, popular verse, very well known uh, by many in the church. And therefore, since we are surrounded by a, such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And it's a very powerful verse, a very encouraging verse of moving forward. And yet, as a young believer, it was, it was, it was just a little terrifying to think that there was this invisible cloud of people surrounding me, observing what I was doing, mostly disapprovingly. It was, it was really discomforting. Um, you know, did, is Moses watching me shrink back under peer pressure at school? Did, did Joseph see me compromise my supposed values with my friends last weekend? And was King David in the car as I was flying down 81 to get back to campus after spring break? It, these images are unsettling for someone with a very visual and active imagination. Um, I didn't want the great heroes of our faith shaking their heads at my actions, even if I was unaware of it in the moment. Thankfully, my understanding has matured a bit since then. And thankfully, I have developed my own cloud of witnesses in my lifetime. The Israelites were taught to teach God's law in all situations. So with everything, to use those opportunities to speak of God's goodness, to speak of his faithfulness through the generations, and to speak of his commandments for us to obey. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses charges the people to keep the commandments that he's given him by setting reminders for themselves everywhere 
on their doorposts, on their gates, on their wrists, on their foreheads. They would set up piles of rocks where God had come through as reminders. So that when they would walk by them and someone would ask, what's this here for? They would be able to share that goodness. They would be able to share those reminders. So everything was a reminder to them of God and of his goodness. And everything was an opportunity to share. But he first charges them to impress them on your children. To talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Every opportunity, take a chance to pass it on to your next generation. They're not going to guess. They shouldn't have to figure it out for themselves. You should be sharing this life. You should be sharing this testimony, this inheritance of God to your generations. You should be passing those on down actively with all kinds of opportunities, with all kinds of reminders, with all kinds of tools at your disposal. And this was their inheritance. The next generation should see God moving on their behalf as well, but we are to guide them in that faith. The Israelites were to pass on what they've seen and hand that to the next generation as their inheritance. Now, we cannot simply inherit our faith genetically or via some sort of contact high from spiritual people around us. We have to engage it for ourselves. But these reminders are critical, especially for the younger ones in the faith who are, are coming up and trying to figure this out. Not growing up in a household of faith myself, I didn't receive those lessons. We didn't sit around the table and talk about God's goodness. We didn't pray around uh, before a meal even, uh, let alone in, in, in decision making or in the various storms and triumphs of life. I didn't have that inheritance myself, but God did bring me to this church that I now pastor uh, when I was in high school. And he brought me to these men and women who were pretty serious about this God thing. They're pretty serious about living out the words of Jesus as they understood them as best they could in every way that they could. And they did it together in community, directly in conflict with the great independence ingrained in our American culture. And I didn't appreciate it as much in high school as I do now. And I wish I would have taken more time to appreciate it back then, because there are some great people who have gone on before me and whose legacies I've inherited in some ways by taking up ministry in this congregation. But this year, I had the honor of participating in funeral services for two men of faith in our congregation. Thankfully, this year, there were just two. I'd like to take a moment and introduce them to you. This is Bob, Farmer Bob, as my kids know him or knew him, because he always had a farm stand in his driveway since we've known him. Bob never met a stranger in his life. You were instantly a friend if you were within sound of his voice. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought I did share this. <laughs> Mistake. Hmm. Uh, for some reason, I cannot find. Oh, there we go. Oh. 
Well, we even did a test run earlier and it worked just fine. We got them now. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully you can see Bob. Bob was uh, foundational for me as I knew him from my time in this congregation, but he was one of those old guys and not a lot of time, you know, for high school kids like me, for young guys like me that are on the go. Um, but coming back after being in, in Las Vegas for 20 years, coming back here for furlough, Bob would always check to see how I was doing. Bob would always have time. And we would always stop by his farm stand and pick up some tomatoes and, and some corn that he had grown, uh, strawberries, depending on the season. And, and Bob had a life. Bob had a full-bodied laugh that you were, if you were within a quarter mile of, you would know that Bob was there. He was alive. When he was in the nursing home, his constant shout of, yo, anytime someone would pass by his room, would just light up the whole wing. And I learned from Bob the desire to continue to learn and that no matter what I knew, there was always more. Bob was a Sunday school teacher. Bob was a mentor to many of the young men in this congregation. And he shared a lifetime, a wealth of wisdom with anyone who would listen. But he taught me that no matter how much you knew, you could always learn more. Bob always wanted to discuss something new. He wanted to ask me about Revelation, which I usually successfully avoided, or the book of Romans, which again, I'm like, nope, Bob, how don't you tell me about that? But he would always, if you had anything to share with him, he would always end it with, is that right? Not, well, I think you need to look at this. It was always, is that right? I can take something from that and learn. I can take something from you, you young punk, and learn. And that was a beautiful, beautiful legacy. Also this year, I had the privilege of hosting a funeral for Howard, actually just about three weeks ago. Howard was not Bob. Howard probably never said yo in his life. And if you were anywhere out of about a two-foot radius of Howard, you couldn't possibly hear him or know he was even there, possibly. Howard was in the background. He was the most gentle, meek person I think I've ever known. And he taught me persistence in the middle of rejection. He taught me patience in the midst of his trials, both medical and family and financial. He taught me unending love for his kids, no matter their reciprocity of that love. And he taught me the unending hope of sharing the good news with his neighbors. Every time we would have men's breakfast, or if we had a few minutes after the service, he would come up and just ask me to pray for his neighbor because he invited him to church again, but he had some excuse. But Howard never gave up. Neither of these men were, were, were uh, theologians, Neither of them, I think, even had a college degree. They were men who learned from other men and women. They were people who learned from studying together in this great cloud of witnesses that is my congregation that I have the privilege to be a part of. Two very different people, two very different personalities, but with a common goal to know God more deeply, and to make sure those around them knew as well. 
One you could hear across the entire church. One you couldn't hear more than a foot or two away. They were both willing to share their journey with me. Two men who helped me fix my eyes on Jesus. And this year, I lost those two. They went ahead of me. They've received their inheritance. They've jumped into their rest. And I'm grateful for them. But I feel that loss. I can't go over to Farmer Bob's anymore and, and sit and talk theology over a bushel of tomatoes. I can't find a quiet corner in the back of the 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 the, 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 the lobby to, to sit and discuss with Howard how we're going to make sure that his neighbor knows God's love for him. Caleb had his Joshua. Joshua had his Moses. Timothy had his Paul. We all have this wall of fame listed in Hebrews 11 to reflect back on. I had my Bob and my Howard and many, many more in my cloud. And now many of you have become part of my cloud. The witnesses who encouraged me forward to fix my eyes on Jesus, to continue to learn, to continue to grow, and to continue to go deep. And so today I ask, who is in your cloud? As we take time to, to celebrate this week, if someone would light a candle for Bob or Howard for me, I would appreciate that. But don't take advantage of those who are around you, those who may be awkward or challenging, but have so much to offer. So this week, whoever is in your cloud, while they're still with you, celebrate them, engage them, learn from them. And for those that you've lost this year, take time to reflect and to bring forth that inheritance that they have given you as well. Thank you, Dave. Let's take just a, a, a brief moment in silence to, uh, uh, to consider all that we've heard and to, to marinate in it. Let's take a deep breath in together and a breath out. And to keep that reflection going, our next hymn can be found either on page 43 of your hymnal or on the walls around you. I invite you to stand in body or spirit and sing, knowing that we are not singing alone.
be seated, friends. Some words of instructions before we um, move on. In uh, just a few moments, uh, Lydia will come up and lead us in, um, in, a, in, in a liturgy of prayer to remember and to celebrate uh, those who have gone before us and who have formed us and through the mystery of Christ's eternal life live in us and with us and for us even now. Um, th uh, there will be a pause um, in, in this first prayer and during that pause you are invited either silently or aloud to lift up the names of those um, um, who, who you have lost, who you remember, who you celebrate. And then um, after the first prayer is done, we'll have a moment as the music plays, you can come forward, uh, pick up a candle, light it off of uh, the, the lit candle, and then place it in uh, one of the jars. From experience, especially with, for those of us who have sleeves, start at the back and work your way forward. And then um, once you've all done that, Lydia will lead us in another prayer. I invite you to pray with me, especially when we get to the bold print. O oh, ancient of days, you have been our dwelling place from generation to generation. Here in your ground of love, even death becomes a time of seed planting from which new life eternally springs forth. We give thanks, O oh God, for your life and love have no end. On this day, we remember those who have gone before us in faith, hope, and love. We remember those who have joined us in the communion of the church and others we have joined in the communion of life. Bonnie. O oh God, in their death, we feel the pain of absence. In their death, through the unity of Christ, we also know the joy of continued presence. May the great cloud of witnesses bless and sustain our daily living. We give thanks, O oh God, for your life and love that have no end.
Eternal God, we praise you for the great company of all those who have finished their course in faith and now rest from their labor. We praise you for those dear to us whom we have named in our hearts before you today. Especially we pray for those who have claimed their inheritance this past year, whom you have graciously received into your presence to them and all the departed, grant your peace. Let the perpetual light shine upon them, and so help us to believe where we have not seen, that your presence may lead us through our ears, and bring us to pass with them into the joy of your eternal home, not made with human hands, but eternal in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand in body and, and spirit to sing with uh, those of our family gathered around the world and around the throne who fill this room here now.
today, but you bless us on our way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Run your race, embrace your cloud, and join someone else's cloud. Go in peace.